Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey everybody just real quick before the show started uh this is steve and i just wanted to let you know for all the latest information on our podcast Hit us up on Twitter at E-I-L-F Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict, uh, basically... Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Emmett Hunter is an actor known for his roles in Stand Against Evil, Homeland, and Atlanta, but he has also won an award for Best Supporting Actor in a Short Film at the Madrid International Film Festival. I was a former star football player and also a father of three. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Hunter was kind enough to join us on Everything I Learned from Movies. Hello? Hello, Mr. Hunter? Yes. Hi, uh, this is Steve with Everything I Learned from Movies, and I'm uh, here with my wife, Izzy. Hello! Uh, how you doing, Steve and Izzy, right? Yes. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yes. Pretty, pretty good. How about yourself? I can't complain, just enjoying this fine Tuesday morning. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, yeah, first off, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're, we're huge fans of your work. Uh, you know, we've seen you stand against evil uh, for like a season and a half. If you wouldn't mind just uh, starting off just letting us know kind of like where you grew up, what your family life was like, and kind of how you got into acting. Okay, um, well, I grew up in Florida, uh, the Tampa Bay area. Not if you're familiar with Pinellas County, but most of my childhood was in the border uh, uh, slash Lower Florida area, which is considered the Tampa Bay area. Um, just grew up with my mom and dad, um, and uh, I guess you'll call it a lower middle class neighborhood. Uh, they're just hard workers. Uh, I grew up uh, in sports, so I grew up playing football. Um, just hanging out, just your average kid. Always wanted to get into acting um, ever since I was young, um, but I couldn't get around to it until. Uh, until my mid-twenties, I went to take my daughter to a, uh, one of those, I guess they were holding some type of workshop, and we were trying to get her into acting and modeling, and, uh, one of the agents there was like, why don't you try it, um, and at the time, I wasn't really prepared, but I took a card, and I went off to play arena football, I believe it was, and after that was over, I came back, uh, I gave her a call, and... She remembered me, and I did a couple of extra jobs. Uh, booked my first uh, speaking role on Burn Notice, and been kind of hooked ever since. Excellent. Uh, what, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what position did you play in football? Running back. I played running back. 
Oh, very nice. Excellent. Very nice. And you said you were with the Arena League. Was it like the uh, Orlando Orlando Predators or? No, well, that's kind of complicated. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, I had a, I kind of well, it's not that complicated. It was this professional indoor, but not arena. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with arena football, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I played running back, and in true arena one football, the running back is more like a, a lineman. He's like 300 pounds. All they do is throw. Yeah. But they also had the professional indoor football league, and I was like a true running back. I was like 220 pounds. I mean, I was decent. I made it to like college football All-American and all that good stuff. Nice. So I went off to play professional indoor where they actually used the running back. So I played in like leagues in like Ohio, uh, Wyoming. Um, it was a league here in Florida in Hollywood. I mean, well, it was a team here in Florida and Hollywood. Then also played in Europe as well in Germany. So I started out off as an athlete, but I was always into the arts. Excellent. And so then, so yeah, Burn Notice was your your first gig. That's one of our favorite shows. So <laughs> I, I thought that was so cool. Uh, what uh, what was it like working with Jeffrey Donovan? And I don't know, we got to work with like Bruce Campbell and stuff. Uh, when the episode you were on, uh, it was Jeffrey Donovan. I was only in one episode, uh, <laughs> and I didn't have much interaction with them honestly it was just a, a quick one liner which was good for me because I said this in other interviews I was very nervous it was my first speaking role uh, my first time really being exposed to the acting world uh, they were pretty nice I forget the uh, I forget the lady's name what's her uh, name um, Gabrielle Anwar yes yes, yes. Yeah. so it was me her and Jeffrey in the scene um, but they're very professional it was kind of like a it was a very serious scene. I mean, I, I believe she was really sick. Something, something happened to her. So she was in like a military hospital bed. So there wasn't much talking going on really so long. Yeah. And I just, I didn't really know how to play that as well. Because I was like, all right, do I spark a conversation? Um, I do I just keep it professional? So it wasn't much. <laughs> Excellent. Do, do, like, do I just do my job and get out? Or how does it, yeah. <laughs> like, that can be well, awkward. For me, for the first time, yes. Because I was extremely nervous I don't know if it showed on camera but I was like look I just want to do the best that I can um, and just get out I mean I enjoyed <laughs> it but it was very nerve wracking because you know those guys are great professionals and um, you know they had huge credits and, and huge resumes so I was I guess you could say somewhat starstruck and I was trying not to really show it but I had a good time on it nonetheless excellent and then you uh, also were in a couple episodes of uh, Atlanta on FX, uh, another great show. Uh, how how was it working on that set? That was that that was really fun. That did not feel like work at all. It was kind of like standing against evil. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect because at the time it was a new show. Um, it hadn't aired yet. Um, we were shooting a pilot episode, and I had just began to learn about Donna Glover and a couple of the other new actors that I've never said that are now basically stars like Keith Stanfield and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, but at the time, they were actors that the world didn't really know about. So I had the opportunity to talk to those guys. So I think it's kind of amazing to see uh, what's happened in their lives. And the director as well, Hiro Malai. I mean, when I got on set, um, he 
And uh, how did you get involved with it? Was it just kind of a right place, right time? Or are you like auditioning like all the time? Definitely auditioning all the time. Um, that's usually, especially with uh, Atlanta, Standing and Tee, where all the shows I've been on pretty much. Um, Burn Notice was an in-person audition, but a lot of the auditions now are, are self-taped, um, which is great. So my agent sent me the audition for Atlanta. Um, I auditioned for it. I think it was like a month. I didn't hear nothing back. Didn't think much of it. Then I got a response. They told me they were interested in me. So I got pretty excited. And then I think like a day or two later, they told me I was booked. I had no idea it would turn into, you know, uh, Emmy winning, Golden Globe winning, you know, phenomenon that it is. So I was very fortunate to be a part of that show. Excellent. And then, of course, uh, everybody's favorite, at least our Stand Against Evil. You were in, yeah, basically a, a season and a half as uh, the great Gerard Duquette. Um, yes. Uh, how how did, how did that come about, and how, how much fun is that set? <laughs> oh my God, that that is probably the highlight of my acting career thus far, my young budding acting career, I guess you could say. But um, I got that audition from my agent, and I read the, the character description, and I thought it was somewhat similar to uh, the character I played on Atlanta. And when I read the dialogue, I thought it was fun. Um, I thought it was exciting. I went and watched the first season of Stand Against Evil to kind of get a tone of the show. I, I did the audition, and I think it was maybe a week, a week and a half later. Um, I got the call saying they were interested, and I think a couple of days later, once again, they told me I was booked, got on set. And once again, I was pretty nervous because I knew John McGinley was a great actor, great veteran actor, but... Those guys were so great. Rob, Dana, they just really put my mind at ease, put my nerves at ease. And uh, John was so helpful on set. I mean, he gave me all kind of tips on on how to play the character and gave me an idea how the storyline would work. And, and we just had a lot of fun shooting that bedroom scene. I mean, I had a good time. By the end of that scene, I was just so excited to be a part of the cast. And then um, I talked with Rob and Dana, and they told me um, that I would be coming back uh, the next season. Um, and they were men of their words, and I was back, and it was fun. I was really excited for season four, but as you know, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they announced the cancellation on FX, and, and I know Dana and John are probably going to try to get it on another network and stuff. Um, you know, best of luck with, with all of that. Um, are there, like, other upcoming projects and stuff that you're you're currently working on? Well, I shot... Um they completed filming now, and I believe they just put the first look out uh, at Sundance Film Festival. But I'm also a recurring character in a new television series that'll be out on OWN Network. That's a network owned by Oprah Winfrey, and it's executive produced by uh, Michael B. Jordan, Oprah Winfrey, and Tara Ivan McCraney. It's a show called David Makes Man. Oh. Um, and it, yes, and it's based it's based on Tara Ivan McCraney's life, I think, loosely. Uh, this life growing up in South Florida the homestead area and from what I've seen and from the couple of scripts that I've got to read I believe it's going to be a real game changer um, so I'm excited to be a part of that I believe that comes out later this year I think August, September I'm just guessing and it also stars uh, Felicia Rashad I don't know if you're familiar with Felicia Rashad she oh, plays yeah. a mom on the Cosby show yeah Cosby yeah. show she's, yeah, she's one of the main characters Excellent. I have to keep that eye on that. And that's on uh, the OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network? Yes. Excellent. And then I have another one, uh, Tell Me a Secret. Tell Me a Secret on TNT. It's a thriller uh, starring Lily Rabe. Um, I think she's from American Horror Story. And I think this this will be a thriller that airs on TNT. 
Excellent. Other than that, just auditioning, trying to get other opportunities. Excellent. And, and, and you've had a couple other uh, shows you've been on. Um, one that caught my attention was uh, Cake the Series. Uh, I hadn't heard of, but uh, I loved your uh, character, Uncle Junior. Oh, yeah, Uncle <laughs> Junior. Uh, well, that's because, well, you know, in this day and age, we live in the time of the internet with YouTube, Amazon, Hulu. So, uh, one of the creators of the show, um, one of my good friends, Daniel Augustine, he's also he has a pretty sizable role in the new old series, David David Makes Man. But he's also a pretty talented director, writer. Both him and his wife. Um, so they wrote the series. Uh, they put all the specs together. Um, they're trying to get it. Um, they're trying to pitch it to YouTube once. I think the series is done now, and it's a series that they're trying to pitch to YouTube, Hulu, or one of the streaming services, and it's done very well, very brilliantly. They approached me with the role. I read it, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was great, and I was like, I would love to be a part of it. So now we're just hoping that um, we can get one of these big streaming platforms to take it on, because I know Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, those guys are always looking for content. So yeah. that's one of those situations to where while we're auditioning and working on our crap, we're also creating content behind the scenes to try to create our own work as well. And, and are there any, like, dream projects you'd love to work on? Like any kind of, like, uh, I don't know, biopics or, like, a certain genre or anything you'd like to get in on? Um, well, I've always been an action movie fan, so I would really love to be maybe this is delusional, but I really love to be like the next action hero. I don't care what movie it is. I love Marvel, so any Marvel or DC movie really, I'd love to be a part of that. Um I've always been like a big Rambo fan, so I know I know Rambo's done, but maybe some type of Rambo type action movie I would love to be a part of. So anything action, I love it. Sold. We'll go see it. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you get two tickets sold. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if you saw. I saw an article about uh, Tony Todd saying he doesn't want to be part of the uh, can- next Candyman movie. You, you ever thought about that? Maybe, maybe let your agent know about it. I mean, he did such a great job as Gerard, Gerard Duquette, and it's a kind of similar you character. Know that, that's a good idea. And I love. He doesn't want to be a part of the next Candyman. Uh, yeah, well, it's I, I think it's like Candyman versus Leprechaun, so he's probably like, why, <laughs> why, why would I want to be a part of that? <laughs> but uh, oh my god, really? Why would they do that? I mean, <laughs> they're, they're trying to do the Freddy versus Jason thing. You know, you, you can understand it oh a little bit, god. but well, you can't send the Candyman to space. So what else are you gonna do with him? <laughs> uh, but but the way I see it, they make all the money with this crossover thing, and then they have the Candyman reboot, and they have their new star. Oh, see. I think it's a different one. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. Because yeah, Jordan Peele's doing this, like the Candyman reboot. Yeah. I hope Jordan Peele is doing Candyman versus Leprechaun. I oh. honestly do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, because I just see a mention of the Leprechaun in the Jordan Peele reboot, so I'm hoping that's not happening. Because I that would be a tough. One. I I do know that Lakeith Stanfield, if I'm not mistaken, is being considered for the role um, of Candyman. I believe. Oh. And that. That's another one of the actors from Atlanta. Like I said, that guy's and everything now. So I know he's being considered, I believe. Nice. So I would I would definitely be interested in in being a part of Candyman in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, this is a competitive business, I will say that. I, I have been fortunate enough to audition for some pretty 
and uh, now we got some uh, uh, so, some more uh, quick fire lightning round questions, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh, what what's your uh, what's your favorite kind of music? Like what what are you listening to in your car and singing? You know that's uh, that's kind of I mean I like almost believe it or not any type of great music. I love lyrics. I love songs with meaning. Um, believe it or not, I write poems. I've been writing poems since I was a kid. Uh, and I used to be like a rapper, believe it or not. I used to write a lot of hip-hop music. Uh, we had our own studio back in the Tampa Bay area. So um, I like hip-hop, but not the kind of hip-hop that you would hear like on the radio. Like I don't yeah. like pop hip-hop. I like uh, like a Wu-Tang Clan or Nas or, or, or Jay-Z, but I like also, because my dad used to listen to a lot of 60s and 70s music, so... A lot of times I listen to like you know the Manhattans and um, the Vandross. Uh, I even like uh, some rock music. I like uh, AC/DC at times. I like uh, a little Journey, believe it or not. So it, it depends on the mood of me. It really does. Yeah. But I like songs that tell a story. Uh, what's something we don't know about you? Like special skills or hobbies? Like you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously being a poet and a rapper. Uh, any. Anything else? <laughs> well, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I was a kid, so. Uh, special <laughs> skills. Let's see. Um, I think I'm a pretty good cook. Ooh. Personally. Yeah, I think I'm a pretty good cook. Oh, and, you? yeah, like I said, I write poems, like, um, depending on what mood I'm in. And I, and I love to read as well. I love to read biographies um, and autobiographies, really. And I love watching documentaries. Um, more than regular television, I just love documentaries. I'm like, it's just a documentary, so. I was looking for a good documentary to watch. Excellent. What, what's your go-to dish as a cook? I'm going to say bourbon chicken. Ooh, that's a good one. I love bourbon chicken. That's excellent choice, sir. Excellent choice. And yeah, one of my favorites. And I love seafood, too. I love cooking seafood. Dungeness crabs, uh, snow crab, king crab. I just love seafood. And if you weren't a famous actor, uh, what, what what would you be doing? Like, What, what would your, your day job be? Well, actually... This is this is a lot of a lot of people know this, but some don't. I'm not. I don't consider myself a famous actor. Like I hope to one day be a famous actor, but uh, kind of still working on that. But not day job. Huh. That's a tough one because I dreamed growing up. Obviously, I'm too old now, but my dream obviously was to be a professional football player. Uh, that didn't work out. I don't know. Maybe be a sports commentator. I love sports. Anything to do with sports. I love, I love football, I love basketball, baseball, I love sports. So I think that would be my day job. Uh, we, we would consider like coaching and stuff like that too, like little league coaching and all that. Yeah, um, I, I thought of coaching. I actually considered it after uh, college. I think it probably would be little league though, because as far as professional coaching and collegiate coaching goes, just to see how much time it takes, um, it's very time consuming. I mean, yeah. I love the game, but not. Not to that level. Cause it's like sometimes 12, 16, 18 hour days. Yeah, it's almost like oh, obsession yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. So I'm like, um, yeah. But um, to be attached to the game is some type of compa- capacity, yeah. I mean, because I think in your heart, once you play ball, you know, you're always a ball player. You always think like a ball player. I mean, you always yeah. compete. Like when I'm auditioning and, 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 and going out for different roles, uh, you always try to be humble and fair, but on the inside, you're always trying to win. Just because your whole life you've been trying to win and and, and, and outdo the next person. Like, everything is a competition in your head. You try not to let that show because, you know, in the real world, everybody's like, it's not a competition, but if you 
Yeah. Yeah, I kind of understand. I, I played basketball in high school and college and pro for about a month, but that's about <laughs> See, I understand that mentality a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so you understand. You're always trying to, it's like you kind of can't help it, you know? You're like, you may, you may even go into whatever you're doing, like, no, I'm just going to have fun. But after the adrenaline starts pumping, you're like, no. <laughs> I have to try to win. It's like you know, it would be a lot of fun winning. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. That's, that's my that's my that's my theory. Yeah, winning is fun. Excellent. And uh, with the uh, Super Bowl coming up this weekend, uh, any uh, you, I assume you're going to be watching it, but any uh, any predictions you got? Um, well, I'm kind of I'm kind of I wanted uh, the Rams to to make it. Um, I'm just a big fan of great running backs. I, I love Todd Gurley. I think he's one of the premier backs in the league. I like the LA Rams offense as well. Uh, but emotionally, I want my emotional pick is the LA Rams. But if I'm realistic and if I were a bad man, I would bet with the Patriots because, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Those guys are great. They're just, they're just a fine tuned machine. I mean, I don't know what type of system they're really running there, but you could plug outside of Tom Brady and maybe Gronk or Edelman, you can plug anybody into those positions and they just keep steamrolling. So I think if the Rams can find some type of way to slow them down, I think the Rams could probably take it. But I'm kind of bitter. I watched that, uh, what, what was it, the NFC game, and I hate games that end on that type of note. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember the play with the obvious, like, pass interference. I know the Rams won, but it was like a, that was like a weird kind of victory. Like, that was such a game-changing penalty. Yeah. I wish it could have ended different. So it's like, uh, did they really deserve to make it to the Super Bowl to begin with? Nice. And and if you had like a one-minute commercial slot there in the Super Bowl to advertise, what uh, what would you do? Would it be uh, some, some sort of demo reel or... <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, probably some sort of demo reel because I definitely because you know the more exposure the better. So yeah, I agree with that. Some type of demo reel or some type of acting clip maybe because um, nice. you never know who's watching. You never know. Yeah, absolutely, and it just takes that one person getting interested, and then boom, you're on the next hit series. I can understand. <laughs> well, well, it's kind of like uh, what uh, what's his name, Jason Bateman, what he said at the SAG Awards. I don't know if you saw the clip. Um, but what he said was very true. You're just one job away um, at all times from that great opportunity. So like I said, I don't consider myself like a star at all. I've had some decent opportunities, and behind the scenes, I'm getting some pretty good opportunities to audition. And just like with those guys from Atlanta, Atlanta was their opportunity. Like they had done, they were kind of like me before that. I I think um, like Brian Terry Henry, he had did you know a couple of recurring characters and a couple of shows that. You'd only know him if you actually watched the show, and then bam, that was his platform. So you only one opportunity away. I mean, the next gig I booked, or maybe Stand Against Evil was that opportunity, even though it was canceled. Maybe that was a platform to where the next executive producer or producer sees my reel or sees my picture go across his desk and says, "Oh, I remember him from Atlanta or, or Stand Against Evil." And, you know, bam. So excellent. Well, that leads uh, nicely into our our last question. Of course, our podcast is called Everything I Learned from Movies. What what have you learned from being in uh, TV and movies? Like, what are some life lessons you like to pass along to our listeners? Um, well, I would say, because my personality in real life, I'm kind of, I would be considered like a big guy. So my perception is, because I've been told this a million times from other people, I look serious, look scared. 
from being on set and being in front of that camera and working across from other great actors, I've learned to be more vulnerable, um, to show more of my feelings um, through my words and through my actions. Um, I've learned to be more confident as well in, in my abilities. And I've learned to, I've learned, I guess, how other people, because when you, because when you study for certain roles, um, you do a lot of research, at least I do. So you learn a lot about other people. Like if you were to audition for like, uh, I don't know, like a, a, a killer or, or somebody who's been struggling with abuse or somebody who's uh, like drug abuse or somebody who's been abused, you learn a lot about what people go through. So you learn empathy. Um, you just learn how to be more of a better human, I think. Like it's not just memorizing lines. So I think that's what Agnes has done for me. Um, I get to just live out all these different dreams and all these other people's lives. And I think it's very fun. So, yeah. I hope that makes sense. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking time out of your morning to join us. We we really appreciate it. And we're definitely going to keep our eyes out for that show with uh, you and uh, Michael B. Jordan and Oprah co- collaborating. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, please your uh, Oh, and congratulations on your uh, your daughter doing well in her it was, uh, gymnastics, right? Yes, yes. Um, gymnastics. Uh, we went up to uh, Asheville, North Carolina um, for the, the Miles Avery Classic. And, um, yeah. She did pretty good. Um, I'm kind of hard on her behind the scenes. Um, I told her I wanted first all around, but second all around works. But we had fun. Excellent. Oh wow, that's amazing. And, and, and I assume she's been doing it like since she was like a little little kid, right? Yeah, yeah. They always start young, and my oldest daughter. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad of three, so oh. the oldest daughter she was in gymnastics as well, and the younger daughter just followed followed suit, and the oldest she's. She's kind of big, because, you know, gymnastics, you got to be, usually they're about, I'm going to say about, the gym is usually about five, two, five, three, and under for the most part, but my oldest daughter just skyrocketed, and she's like five, eight, five, nine, and I, I didn't think it was healthy for her legs and her joints, but yeah, I had a man since about the first grade, kindergarten, so they've been doing it for a pretty long time, and we travel all around the U.S. Um, with competitions and all those good things, so it's kind of fun. Excellent. Well, yeah, yeah. Best of luck with all of that, and uh, of course, you're you're welcome back here in our podcast anytime. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much. Um, I thank you guys for calling me. I hope I did the interview justice. Like I said, I'm in real life. That's why I'm able to play the characters like Gerard the Kid of My White. Um, I'm kind of weird, so I'm always like, <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm like filtering what I'm saying. Like, you know, are you making sense? What are you, what are you talking about? So, um, yeah, I hope um, I did you guys justice. Thank you for having me on the podcast. So. I really appreciate it. I'm very humbled that you guys even thought to have me on. I'm very thankful for it. So thank you. Well, thank you, sir. Have a good day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Oh my God, what a nice he guy. so nice. Right? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know he was on Burn Notice. Right? Yeah, that, I was going to surprise you with that. That was his first gig. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Emmett Hunter, great guy. Yeah, keep an eye out for all his upcoming shows. And, uh... We'll see right now. Hashtag, uh, hashtag handyman. Hashtag handyman. Emma Hunter for Candyman. Also, you may have noticed there were some pet noises in the background. I apologize. That would be Mr. Pickles and the Fat Rat Girls all decided, apparently, they also needed their time on the mic. Yeah, exactly. They, they probably had some questions. We just don't speak radish or ratanese, whatever the language is. I don't know. I like ratanese. Ratanese? Okay. All right. We'll go with that. But yeah. 
Uh, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you got a little more about this great actor and uh, when he becomes a huge action star in four or five years. And... Yeah, when he's the next Rambo. <laughs> I was going to say, Rambro? Uh, <laughs> no, that's that a little too much. Um, <laughs> uh, but until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned, Learned from, from Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.